here's, here's the thing. Um, you know, in business, there are some things that we do have control over and some things we don't. We, we use our very best experience. You know, 60 years of, of combined experience um, allows us to be uh, more solid predictive-wise than, than maybe somebody who just started five years ago. We've been through multiple downturns and adjustments and interest rate hikes and reductions and, you know, property values going up, property values going down. So, you know, my, my old partner, Pete, from the show used to say, I've played this video game before, right? And we always do the very best we can going into any situation because our number one goal is to be a steward of our investors' capital. It's not the mistake that matters. It's how you deal with it, what you learn from it, and how you apply that lesson to your life. Welcome to Multifamily Missteps, where your host, Jerome Myers, brings on apartment investors from around the country, big and small, to share with you the lessons they wish somebody would have told them. These short episodes are designed to expedite your journey to growing a profitable apartment portfolio without all the mistakes that others have made. We're super excited that you're here. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey everybody and welcome to Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host Jerome and you guys are in for a treat, man. This guy's the real deal. He's got TV shows. He's got other stuff going on. He's building in Florida. Dave Seymour's in the building. Brother, how are you? I'm well, my man. He's got TV shows. He's got skills. <laughs> he's, got, he's, got, he's got street rep. I'm okay, brother. How you doing? Listen, man. I, I uh, if they Google your name, they're going to find uh, the, the firefighter yeah. ended up on TV, right? Yeah, so they will. Give, give, give them a little bit of your background. Don't give them too much. Give them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, I know it's a short show, and I like that. Um, the, the short version is this. Uh, you know, uh, growing up, uh, working class background, man. I'm, from, I'm an immigrant from London, England, and now I live in Boston. You put that accent together, good luck. Um, but, uh, you know, my old man taught me to, to work hard trade eight hours of my time for somebody else's services and money and make somebody else rich. And, um, you know, when you come to America, if you choose to, you can step out of that. I would love to tell you, I chose to be an entrepreneur. I chose to be in real estate. Um, I was forced, um, you know, I, I became a firefighter, as you said, loved it, really loved it. I mean, loved the camaraderie, loved the adrenaline, loved the service, but uh, I was a financial donkey. I was an illiterate. I believed in a company pension. I believed in a 401k. I believe that, you know, in America, you've got these things called credit cards and it's okay to run them up. It's, you know, just make the minimum balance. Life will be fine. And uh, as we know, that's bullshit, right? And I suffered the consequences of the downturn um, in the market. I refinanced my primary residence, I think three times in 18 months because a friend of mine said it was a good move. And I suffered that, you know, I suffered, I suffered financial pain and, um, you know, in America, you can only work more hours. I'm up to 120 hours a week. The second marriage is going down the toilet and uh, I got to do something different. So I was forced into entrepreneurship, uh, knew that there was money in real estate because I worked construction, knew that there were people who were showing up onto my construction sites who were covered in shit, right? They, they were driving nicer cars. They were smiling. And I'm like, what, what are they doing? And then when I got to talk to them, bro, they, they weren't that smart. You know what I mean? They weren't, they weren't Harvard geniuses. So I, I learned real estate. I went to a seminar. I implemented what I learned. Uh, I went after it the same way. I went after firefighting with a vengeance, all in, uh, you know, no, no surrender. And, um, you know, got recognized for what I did. Got recognized by the state of Massachusetts as a distressed asset investor. 
worked with the state, got recognized by by New York. They liked that big English guy. He looks like he could get kind of angry. They built a show around around my business, flipping Boston, and then the rest is history. Now now you're a you know you're an expert because you're on TV, <laughs> which is which is a bunch of shit. Too, by the way, there are more morons on TV than there are uh, in the real in the real world. I think. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I just progressed my business from there. I've um, been very blessed on this journey um, and been able to teach and share and implement and do and ride the roller coaster of, uh, of real estate. So that's the short version. That was pretty good. I did that in like four minutes. That's a, that's a record. Record, record, record. And you got all the high points, Dave. So there you go. You go from flipping Boston mm. to doing cartwheels in Florida. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, COVID, COVID. Thank you, COVID, for putting me out of business. So pre-COVID, I uh, I, I was asked by some guys out in Cali to uh, brand a new hard money lending business. You know, wrap hard money lending around the guy from flipping Boston. We we're working on a line of credit out of New York, fifty mil. Put some beautiful systems in place. Uh, January, February. 20 we're, we're killing it we got 15 20 million in loans in the pipe we're going to make a spread a little bit of yield everything's beautiful and then we know what happened in in march of, of 2020 uh wall street said uh, no thank you not interested in uh you know non-qm non-owner occupied loans uh we're done i'm out of business in 24 hours brother seven loan originators eighteen thousand square foot um office uh space who still wanted me to pay their lease for the next five years. And, uh, you know, here we go. You, you learn, right? So I had an epiphany at that moment in time. And the epiphany really was, I want to control the capital. He who controls the money wins this race. And um, I reconnected with my business partner and dear friend, Walter Novicki. Walter's 57. I'm 55. We're just young in this game. But uh, combined, we got... At the uh, East Suite level, we've got about 60 years of experience. Walter's been down in Southwest Florida for 25 years. So COVID hit. The conversation was, what's next? Um, and we, we believed, as many people did, that there would be a, an opportunity in multifamily investing, uh, 50 to 150 unit complexes, repositioning, mom and pop organizations facing the challenges of rent payments and all of the stresses that COVID brought to the marketplace. And we couldn't have been more wrong. We couldn't have been more wrong, right? <laughs> because, because you know, all of this free money came flooding into the economy. Whoever would have thought, you know, those clowns would would do what they did, and now we're paying the price with inflation. But, um, you know, we established ourselves in Florida as an operator. We picked up some assets while we were down there. Walter, as like I said, twenty five plus years in Southwest Florida in development and repositioning. We brought in my other partner, Eric Wilson, twenty seven years old. He's the genius. He's the guy with systems and operations and that kind of process. So you've got my dynamic good looks and beautiful uh, oratory skills. You've got Walter's feet on the street getting it done, son. And then you've got the young, the young gun, Eric Wilson, uh, coming into the into the fray to uh, you know to to keep it all together and, and and implement and create systems to operate a you know what's now a three hundred fifty million dollar business. So that's how we we established ourselves in Florida. And then as, as the compressed cap rates uh, put not only us out of that arena, you know, it put a lot of other operators out of the arena nationwide, because how can you sell, you know, a seven, eight percent cash on cash return to your investor if you've got to buy it a three cap without promising 10 years worth of rent increases at 10% every year, which is bullshit. We all know that. 
but they're selling that crap, bro. You know, they're peddling that, they're peddling that real estate porn with, with, with no concerns. So uh, that's how we ended up down in, in Fort Myers, uh, Cape Coral, Tampa, St. Petersburg. And, um, you know, when, when the market said you, you can't buy, um, you know, established commercial multifamily assets at a decent capitalization rate that makes sense for the average, you know, um, accredited investor, we then pivoted once again over to um, build for rent. And that's where we're at today with, with about 300 and 320, 330 million in development projects in various stages of development uh, throughout Southwest Florida. So I think you said there's like 60 years of experience. Yeah. And it sounds like there have been some hiccups, but overall, yeah. it sounds like everything just goes as planned, right? I mean, there's no missteps Look, in this thing. <laughs> yeah, right? it's, it's just right. it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm just living. I'm just living the dream. I, I sleep, you know, a solid one and a half hours every night because everything's so perfect. Uh, <laughs> and and you're laughing because you identify, you resonate with that, right? You're a player too. You're not. You know, we don't do this half measures. Here's, here's the thing. Um, you know, in business, there are some things that we do have control over and some things we don't. We, we use our very best experience. You know, 60 years of, of combined experience um, allows us to be uh, more solid predictive-wise than, than maybe somebody who just started five years ago. We've been through multiple downturns and adjustments and interest rate hikes and reductions and you know, property values going up, property values going down. So, you know, my, my old partner, Pete from the show used to say, I've played this video game before, right? Mm -hmm. And we always do the very best we can going into any situation because our number one goal is to be a steward of our investors capital. All right. That's, that's what keeps me awake at night is, is uh, being a man of my word, being a man of integrity. So, you know, what's gone right. I'm still in the game. I'm stronger than I ever was. What's gone wrong. Um, I've relied on, you know, other people on occasions where I, I trusted more than I should have. And, uh, you know, the, the, the mishaps is the, the topic of the show. And um, we're in a project right now, and I'll, I'll share this story if you find it appropriate, but um, it's almost a $24 million faux pas with um, approximately $2 million worth of investor capital at risk. And I had approximately uh, 36 hours to uh, come up with $3 million or lose investor capital. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I told you a solid one and a half hours of, of uninterrupted sleep every night. I'm, I'm, I'm a rock star. So what happened was this, and I know you'll resonate with this as well, because we talked about it a little bit uh, when you came on my show was that every industry pops up supportive industries around it. So what is our core industry? You and I are multifamily real estate investors ground up development investors in residential um, uh, asset classes. Well, there are businesses that pop up around that. And one of them is uh, capital brokers. And capital brokers are a, are a special breed. Um, they promise you the world. They're like the, they're like the best looking girl at the dance. And then the lights go on at, you know, two o'clock in the morning and man, man, she ain't so pretty no more. Right. And, um, we're in a project right now. It's a 106 unit build. I think I shared that with you in, in Cape Coral, Florida. It's a, uh, it was a $3 million um, 
ground acquisition with some entitlement in place. We probably put in another two, three hundred thousand of our own capital to bring it to the point of vertical uh, permits. And um, we did a lot of that work while we were still in contract before actually executing on the deal. A money broker came to us and said they would like to introduce us to a bona fide billionaire uh, from, from the Midwest. We won't tell you he lived in Chicago. You might try and figure out who he is, so I won't tell you that. But he's from the Midwest. And uh, this guy uh, met my partner. They talked about the deal. And the guy basically said, I'll do the whole deal. I want to build out my portfolio in Southwest Florida from the Midwest, and um, I'll do the whole deal. Um, I'll put up the $5 million in equity. Uh, we'll use our banking or his banking relationships to bring the rest of the capital. You guys work off of your development fee, ACK fee, and um, we'll do a, a prorated equity share at five-year disposition. We're like, this is awesome. What a great way to bust out into, uh, you know, into what we do at a, at a higher level with a new partner. And um, we went out to um, his town. We met with him. We met at his house. We broke bread. We fine-tuned a couple of little negotiation points, and everything was kumbaya. Or was it? Dun dun dun. <laughs> so leaving leaving the the the, the town that, that we met in his hometown. The last commentary was looking forward to it. Let's fly you down to to Cape Coral. Want you to see the site, when you see the plans, when you meet the builder, want you to feel good about you know what we're doing. Let's get some capital escrowed in so that everybody's committed, looks good. We got a contract in place, um, ready to be signed. Hey, where are you? Crickets. Where are you? Crickets. You coming down to Cape Coral? Crickets. Crickets. Nothing, man. Nothing. Went to DEFCON 5, silent mode. And then like two or three days before we need to close the land acquisition. <laughs> this guy sends a text to the money broker, not even to us, me. Changed my mind, hope nobody's upset. That was it. Ch changed my mind, hope nobody's upset. Like, you know, I promised to be your best friend in the playground, and now I don't want to be your boy anymore. And that was it. Yee! And I'm like, my partner is ex-military, special forces, I'm a firefighter. I'm a brawler from the streets of London. And this idiot invited us to his house. Like my, 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 my instant reaction is to go wait in the bushes outside. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, what my, that's what my caveman wants to do. You only learn that kind of lesson one time. And then I got to pivot. Like I said, I got three days to find three mil. I uh, bought in a, uh, a new partner who, who I, I bought into the company who had um, strong, strong ties to a lot of capital relationships. 24 hours, we get a $2 million um, bridge loan, two and 10, still paying on that, 20 grand a month. And um, I raised a million from my own pool of investors uh, and bought them in on a, a co-GP relationship, uh, pro forma and out. These are experienced investors, by the way. There's not your, your average guy. These guys are writing checks for, for 500 plus. Uh, bought, bought them in, wraps out the rest of the acquisition. And then, um, and then went to work and uh, we targeted out um, three months worth of interest before we start to scrape dirt. And uh, we're in a position to do that now. Next week, we get the thumbs up from, uh, from uh, the capital um, debt partners that are coming in and we should be able to get the deal done. So look, what's the lesson? Is it too good to be true? Maybe. Um, do you trust all capital brokers? Don't trust any of them. Um, understand that those relationships are valuable uh, if you don't have all of those conduits to institutional type capital. 
Um, but to round that whole conversation out, as long as you stay in the trenches, as long as you never quit, right? You could just throw your hands up and say, hey, you all read the PPM. It said that you could potentially lose money, right? You could do that. You could be the asshole. Um, or you or you go to war on behalf of those investors, um, knowing that, you know, failure is not an option ever for me. That's just my mentality. Um, and then we found a resolution to it and we found that capital and we were able to execute on it. But Always have contingencies, you know, two, three, four, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, um, and then continue to work the process. So that's my uh, that's my uh-oh story for today. I'm sure I can create another one before long, right? A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators, but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order slowing or eliminating their ability to get the next deal done. We have developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they use our system, they create time and location freedom, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. The Multifamily Kickstart program has proven to be the fastest way to establish credibility and build a profitable apartment portfolio. Hop over to JeromeMyers.co to find out more. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully get some smooth selling because you you fought some really tough fights. So, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are like, how in the world did this guy go raise $3 million? And mm. you said 36 hours? Yeah, 36 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So why, why if these guys were ready to write checks, why not just use them from the beginning? Because you had to have a previous relationship with them. Yeah, I did. So the, the you know, the retail capital, the bridge lender was a, was a bridge lender. That's a, you know, a capital supply that came through the partner that we bought in. But the, um, the um, uh, retail investors that came in that bought the, the, the rest of that stack together to write up the, um, to take out the land acquisition and the permits in place. They were actually on a couple of other deals. And uh, I, I, I said to them, let's, let's take you off of this deal. Let's put you into this one, put some more capital in. Um, let's bring your, your capital commitment to the Cape Vista project up. I said, and what I can do is, is I can offer you a co-GP position. And we created um, you know, a, a, an equity multiple scenario. Again, all pro formers, nothing's guaranteed. But it, it, it pro formers out at like a 3.6 to a 4.2, depending on exit um, disposition scenario five years out. Um, these guys have the liquidity, if you will, to be able to uh, hold that capital in play. We gave them a small, uh, a small quarterly pref paid prior to any cash flow coming in so that they felt good that there was money moving back towards them rather than just away from them. And then we put a good PPM together. We put a good operating agreement together. You start with a with a big picture discussion. You know what gets you excited? I, I say that often. What what's exciting to you? Well, I want a twenty x on my money. Then go buy Bitcoin, right? I'm not I'm not your daddy, right? If you want if you want to invest in the Clydesdale of of wealth, you know, multifamily real estate and development, then I can help you out. Um, so you know, just being able to listen and to serve what their financial needs are. Because look, man, especially coming off of COVID now, there's so much capital sitting dry powder in the marketplace that is now losing massive value because of inflation. 
right? We, we are now the attractive girl at the party again, you know, you and I as, a, as commercial investors. So that's, that's how I brought them in. They were, they were happy to, to move from, you know, a 1.5 in two years to a targeted 3.6, 4.2 in, in five years. So you make, it, you make it a good deal for them and a good deal for you. Now, that's, that's interesting. The good deal for you, mm-hmm. I suspect that your terms were more attractive with your second option than your first, but I might be mm-hmm. wrong about that. No, no, they were absolutely more attractive. Look, this is a, it's a technique in, in sales, and it's not deceptive sales, right? I, I want to preface that. But if you give a potential investor or a client or a customer an A-B choice, people love to feel like they're choosing, right? So if the AB choice is good, either one is good for them, but either one is also good for me, then what's, what's the concern, right? There's no concern. There's no losers in that scenario. They either came in on the, uh, on, on the one deal at a 1.5 targeted equity multiple, or they come in on the second deal with a 3.6 to 4.2, a little more of a risk profile, you know, larger, larger building, more moving parts, $22 million, you know, uh, GMP. Uh, contract with our with our GC. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot going on on that deal in comparison to the smaller deal that they were in on before. But you know, you don't know what somebody wants until you ask them, Jerome. You know, so that's that's how that's how I structure a lot of what I do. You know, um, ask questions and then try and listen, which isn't always my strong suit. <laughs> So did you change the process overall? Because, I mean, this isn't your last dance. I mean, you yeah, got out yeah. of that one, but how'd you change yeah, the process? Yeah, no, we did. We changed the process. So because of the conversations I had on this one particular build, this 106-unit build, the, you know, the faux pas story we shared here, it created a, um, a flow chart, if you will, for investors and capital into our business so that the co-GP is actually a um, uh, a a piece of our underwriting today. So what it does is it allows like some of my other retail investors who can write checks for 1.5 to 2 million. It allows them to come in and be a a co-GP on a couple of smaller deals. You know, I'm doing uh, 15 uh, build for rent townhomes in, um, in St. Pete. I've got 76 higher end build for rent communities in, um, in uh, Fort Myers. Um, so, you know, these particular projects give them the ability to come in early and take that earlier risk with us. So that's land acquisition, going through entitlement. Um, but with the connections that we have in those markets, uh, we're confident that we can get through a lot of those um, more cumbersome parts of, of development faster than the average bear, right? I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge conglomerate with you know, multiple people to tick a box when, you know, my E-suite can meet on a, a committee and very quickly uh, execute on a deal. So it's created some some pretty exciting processes for us. It's also allowed me to, to share that that flow with some venture capitalists. We've got a VC group that's um, looking to park uh, some substantial, substantial amount of capital with us in the next 60 days. So all of those those pocket deals that we know are there that we've been, you know, verbally dancing around, <laughs> you know the game, right? Um, we, we'll be able to execute on those. So we, we we're in a position to deploy anywhere between thirty five and fifty million in co-GP scenarios in the next ninety to one hundred and twenty days throughout throughout Southwest Florida, 
you know, because of the, the challenge that we faced with the 106, it created um, a new um, capital stack formula uh, that we believe is going to be um, very powerful, not only for us, but also for, for our early investors and our LP investors as they come in. And then we take, you know, we take that out with the, uh, with the construction debt. So pretty creative. Yeah. And I think you want to reward those folks who are taking on a little yeah. bit more risk. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Confusion about what's going to happen, when it's going to yeah. happen, how it's going yeah. to happen. So Yeah, for sure. For sure. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So final question, Dave. Yes, my man. Words of wisdom do you have for the listeners? Yeah. Never give up, never lay down, never surrender. Um, trust, but verify. And you don't have to know everything before you do anything. That's the creed, right? Otherwise, you sit there in in just hearing the headlights and paralysis analysis, and you know there's no no execution. You got to do something to get something, and doing something isn't just learning; it's actually implementing what you learn. So it's kind of my my creed. <laughs> Knowing and doing are not the same thing. That's although for sure. most people think they are, for sure. Dave, this was outstanding, man. Thank you so much for giving us a true insight into mm. what development mm. really is and mm. some of the ways that you can be taken advantage of. And mm. I call it taking advantage of, you know, if somebody's holding the bag and then they pull mm. it away from you, uh, maybe trying to negotiate different terms, maybe just trying to make your project sync, whatever it is, uh, mm. <laughs> not the best business practice. So kudos for to you sure. for figuring it out, man. Thanks, brother. And to the listeners, the pack's with you. We'll talk soon. You made it all the way to the end, so that means you love this episode of Multifamily Missteps. I need a favor from you. The only way this show grows is if more people know about it. So do me a favor. Take a screenshot and post it on your favorite social media platform. You tag me in it. Who knows? We may have you as the next guest. I look forward to sharing the episode with you next week.